Hey, pal podcast listeners, welcome back. I hope you're all staying safe and staying busy through all this. Um, got a great one for you today. Talk to Jacob Hagen from Hagen Ace Hardware. Great conversation, and uh, they're doing some good things down in Florida. Looking forward to you guys listening to it, and I hope you all have a, a wonderful Christmas, and uh, keep on selling. Welcome back, Pile Podcast listeners. Glad you guys chose to come back and listen to us today. And uh, today we've got another good one. We've got Jacob Hagen from Hagen Ace Hardware's Hardware. Uh, Jacob, why do you tell us a little about, about you and uh, where you're located and how many stores you got? Well, thank you for having me on, Blake. Um, my name is Jacob Hagen. We've got nine stores in the Northeast Florida, Jacksonville area. And... Um, not sure what all you want to know. Uh, family, two kids. Um, probably the best things in my life that I have to do outside of um, Ace Retail. And um blessed to be part of this business. And uh, fourth generation, um, we started in 1962. So we're 58 years, going 59 years uh, next year. That's awesome. Um, had you always worked in it? Did you start at, at the store or did you come back in from uh, doing something else? Well, when um, I did not plan on being part of the family business um, way back when. Uh, I recent, I'm about to be going on 16 years with the company, and I had a passion for golf. Um, I wanted to be the, back in the day, the next Tiger Woods. Um yeah. I wanted to uh, go that route, go through college with golf, and uh, wanted to be on the PGA Tour. But um, as as things change, um, I tell you, I guess anybody in business, if uh, you don't get results, you either have to change up what you're doing um, or you have to find another way to get there. And um, I, I've got probably a little story later on to kind of tell how all that changed. But um, – no, I started working in the business when I was 17 years old uh, on the books. I, you could probably say much, much younger whenever I could read a UPC code. Um, and there was there was a lot of UPC codes that weren't even available back in the day. So, I mean, a lot of them, we were writing them on there. And um, after they were written, I could go put them up. Right. You say back in the day like you're real old. I know I know you, I know you, you sent me how old you are, so uh, you're not that old, so it's not that long ago. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, sometimes you can uh, – well, what I'd like to do is take a picture of every one of our store managers and every one of our staff <laughs> from Christmas of last year and look at them at Christmas this year and see what kind of uh, stress and all we've been through yeah. this year. It's been pretty <laughs> wild. No doubt. We've all aged this year. We all aged this year. I remember when, like, Obama got out of the office and he looked at <laughs> how much he changed in four years. Oh, yeah. It's like, I can't, I mean, the stress just, that ages us all. And uh, it's been a stressful year. Uh, how are the stores doing this year? Um, you know, I, we're blessed to be in the essential field of business. Um, business has been 
beyond what we could have ever expected. Um, business has been great. Um, I truly feel like we've seen a local movement. We're seeing customers we've never seen before. Um, our area of Florida is growing tremendously. So I don't think it's just new people coming in. I think we've just got a stronghold on this local. Um, some of our stores are small, some are big, but in the end, compared to big boxes, I think you still got to have that personal interaction with people. And um, it's not always on digital, uh, even though that's a very strong piece of our business. But to me, I believe that personal interaction is something that's needed. And um, I, I'm seeing a lot of new faces and a lot that we haven't seen in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, just think about the personal interaction right now through the whole COVID thing, how many people are stuck at home and or are just aren't getting out as much. And just, <laughs> I don't know if any people come to a store just to see somebody, but I bet it's happened before, you know, just to, to talk to somebody. And uh, I'm glad we can provide I was looking that. The other, I was looking the other day. I wish I would have bought Zoom on the stock market <laughs> back about 10 months ago. And might be on the verge of retirement, but. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's probably some other things we should have bought too. <laughs> uh, stocked up on some math. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, your stores, you said they're, they're different sizes. Uh, wh wh how did it grow? Like how long were you one store and then you, then you grew to two, three and so on. And then the next question is like, what are the sizes that you have for your stores? Well, uh, just a little bit of history on our family. Uh, my grandfather started Hagen Ace Hardware in the small town of Hilliard, Florida in 1962. Uh, my great-grandfather had opened a store in 1945 in Callahan, which is where we live. And um, he married the oldest daughter. And as he started managing that store, he wanted to somewhat take some ownership there. And as any... Um, dad looks over his daughters um, you're not getting what's my daughter's type deal and um, so anyway he said well with all due respect I'm going to go open my own store uh, but I'm going to continue running yours and kind of you know you can't be one man and run multiple businesses but in the end he saw how successful he was and um, with the first store and that was in 1962. And then I want to say early 70s, there was another opportunity that came up in Orange Park, Florida. And they both went to go in on that together. And that started, uh, my great-grandfather passed away in that time. And my grandfather opened one, or opened the second store. And then it grew to three, four, five. And then um, I guess our biggest uh, transaction or not transaction our biggest change was going from five to eight stores at one time mm. did you buy out a, a competitor or just somebody another chain but it there was no succession plan on the um the one that had three stores and uh my dad was called at the time that was in 2000 and basic or 2003 and basically said, you know, I'd like to sell out and went through the whole deal and uh, jumped from five to eight. And over time, we've um, we've had as much as nine. And um, you know, we, we've closed down two stores over the last 20 years. 
but usually with a store going out, it was either relocated or we had another opportunity coming. Um, but that, that's never an easy thing to talk about. Uh, you don't just change to change. You know, there, there's got to be real reasons there. Right. Were they just underperforming stores? That They were. Both of them were. Um, at, at one time, you know, they were cream of the crop. They were amazing. Mm-hmm. They were profitable. They were helpful, great people. Um, but, you know, as traffic patterns change, as shopping patterns change, um, sometimes you just get put on the outskirts or you get put in between two big boxes and you were kind of the go-through road to get from one to the next. And when a big box is on both sides, it'll be on the main road. Um, sometimes you just don't get that interaction as much anymore with your customers. Huh, that's interesting. I was going to ask what, yeah, what changed, uh, but you answered that already. But uh, that's interesting. Was that a hard, like a hard decision? I, I would assume your dad or your grandfather was making those decisions. Was, a, was that a hard, a hard thing to decide to do? Um, they said, or it, it was my dad that had to go through that. Uh, I hope I never have to see that day. But um, he said, out of all the decisions you make in your life, that was probably one of the toughest decisions he had to, ever had to make. Um, not just the way it looks in the community, not just the, from looking at your financials, but, um, you know, that, that's changing somebody's livelihood that has full-time employment with you. Yeah. Um, your customer base, you're, you're basically not there for them anymore. So uh, it, it's not an easy decision, but um, I believe with all – with all uh every aspect of business uh one of the things we're in business for is probably the most important is to make money and they have to perform right that's right <laughs> we're not we're not a charity business that's right you know uh, and what's your what's your title in in the uh business right now what are you in charge of um my title is uh director of store operations and basically, I have uh, managers that report to me, um, you know, the day-to-day operations of the business is mm-hmm. not necessarily going any farther than me. If there's a, call it a customer complaint, customer concern, call it a, hey, what kind of decision do we need to make? Um, that's usually the last place to go is where I'm at. And is your father still involved? Absolutely. Um, it, it has really allowed the, you know, when, when you're sitting here trying to run multiple stores and um, you're looking for other locations and you're heading up marketing and you're overseeing every aspect of the business with bankers and lawyers and everything else under the sun, um, the, the change was made in 2018. Um he created a position for store operations and um, it, it's basically allowed our business to, I've been able to get a lot done. He can get a lot done on his end. And um, it kind of the way it was put back um, a few years ago, instead of us just kind of walking through this and slowly making changes and we're, we're able to run now and uh, yeah. he can run doing his thing. I can run the stores, and um, I think it's been a great move. I like I like that analogy. Just uh, it freed him up, right? Just that he can focus on the important things he needs to focus on. And uh, uh, 
he wouldn't tell you he slowed up at all. He would probably say he got busier, but he can, he can definitely say he's more focused on the areas that need to be. Yeah, that's good. You got any other uh, siblings involved? Um, I have, I have one sister and uh, my brother is a store manager at one of our locations. So you're going to be his boss. You know, so if we go back to 2000 and uh, the end of 2015, um, he was working at the time at the store that I started at. And um, there was an opportunity for a management change. I was not a store manager yet. And um, I, that's one of the things I've always respected about my dad is he's never said, well, you're my son or you're in the family. So here's a position and run with it. Um, it always had to be earned. It was never given. And um, I, you know, I look at anybody that would be in any family business. It's kind of, you got to work there. You got to work harder. You got to work smarter, faster to get to where you want to go. Um, couldn't imagine sitting here looking at a store manager and saying, Hey, my son's getting older. He's, he's getting smarter. And I think he needs to run the store and you're out of here. Um, <laughs> we've never been like that in our business. Um, so anyway, yeah, he, he asked me, he said, we, you can go back to Hilliard where you started and uh, your brother-in-law works there or we're opening a new store and you could go to the new store. And I said, well, I really don't want Thanksgiving and Christmas to be any different, um, me being his boss. So um, I'm going to go to the new store if, if that's where I can go. So anyway, we did that. He told me after a year um, if there was performance, you know, wanted to get to this operational role. And after our first year, it wasn't the right time and had a management change. And he said, I really need you to go back to the Hilliard store. And um, anyway, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law and myself worked very well together. Uh, we had a record year that year. And a year later, I moved on. And now he's running that store. That's good. Um is your wife involved too? I'm, I'm pretty sure you invited me on Facebook to like this. Uh, you have a yeah. What is it called? A, a boutique or something like that? One of the stores or some of the stores. So, so my little girl is two years old and she's a little Chris tail. Um, and so my wife has always wanted to have her own little boutique, and um, it's all online, and it's called Miss Chris Boutique. Um, and if you search for it, it's Miss Pris Boutique 19, um, cause evidently there was another one taken, but she took my phone one night while we were watching TV and, um, my phone started blowing up and I said, Rhonda, what did you do? I said, it's saying all these people like Miss Pris Boutique. And she goes, Oh, I went through all of your friends list and invited them. <laughs> from all the like, oh my goodness. So I kind of let it go through and. I told her she owed me something for that because she had went from like 300 to 700 followers uh, literally in like two days. Um, <laughs> so I, I must have some good friends out there that um, yeah, send them something to like, and they, they liked it. No questions asked. That's uh, funny. So it's not involved with the stores at all. It's just uh, something on her, on her side. I'm glad she's not here to hear that because she keeps trying to um, get involved on the boutique side, um, thinking about how much that would appeal to 
uh, our female customers and even the men looking to buy their wives or girlfriends something special. But um, at this time, it's not involved with the stores. She's um, doing it on her own online, and um, she's really having a good time with it. Well, I, I'm going to have to send her a, a comment on it because uh, I think it's time you get it in the stores, Jacob. <laughs> Uh, I know the the Cripes there at their Whitmer store, they have a, a very nice boutique, and you've probably seen several other ones, uh, but there's some good stores out there of boutiques, and I'm probably not sure. Yeah, yeah. um, what else, yeah, what's unique about your stores? Uh, what else are you guys selling besides hardware? Well, one of the, um, one of our key niches, um, and I'm going to say it's not unique in Northeast Florida, but I would say in the world of ACE, it's a little bit different. Um, our garden centers range from you know, 1,000 to 15,000 square feet. So it really drives our Department 7 business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have customers go out there and they're buying annuals, um, they're buying perennials, they're buying shrubs and trees, uh, it's just they take pictures. It's a great thing for social media. That's a big niche that we have. Um, you mentioned the uh, Cripes in their um, boutique area. Um, Breeding Company out of Texas was another great one that had some, uh, I'm going to say, gift shop. We've got one gift shop at our Mandarin location. It's Hagen Florist and Gifts. Um, you know, there's a bunch of niches that we can try to get into and what we try to do is focus on you know what can we really bring to a market or a community that maybe they can't get somewhere else and um, I would say in 2017 we started Hagen Coastal Outfitters and that has been our biggest uniqueness to our store Uh, started with one and we've now opened our third Hagen Coastal Outfitters location uh, we've got plans next year to take HCO to two more locations. And Hagen Coastal Outfitters is basically anything that has to do with um, coastal fishing, kayaking, um, paddle boarding. Um, I would say anything to do with, you know, out in the sun, clothing, flip-flops, which flip-flops in Florida are 12 months out of the year. So. <laughs> Shoes, clothing, flip-flops, all of that good stuff. Um, it's just a really cool niche. I guess the, one of the coolest things I ever heard from, I would say, a mid-20s um, customer walked in and went, this is not Grandpa's old hardware store. I can shop here. <laughs> so, That's awesome. And all of that came from uh, one of our employees. Uh, they had a dream, and we wanted a pair of sunglasses. We wanted a four-foot case. Uh, eight square feet of sunglasses in um, one of our stores, and they told us no because we're a hardware store. And um, when when that guy came back and said we we can't be uh, out we can't carry coastal sunglasses because we're not an outdoor store or something, he said. So I drew something up and want to run it by you. What do you think? And we we're like, oh my gosh, this could work. And um, it, it's been amazing. So. Great, great people can uh, have some have some major impacts on your business, and um, he he surely has. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, 
couple questions. Um, how much space, like, what would you take out to put it in, and how much space is it taking up in each store? And then how, like, you just had the employee just came up and said, hey, we should do this, or did you have to push it a little bit? At, at the time we had, at the time we had eight locations, and um, one store had about two. The store we wanted the sunglasses at had, and this is the one with the uh, florist and gift. Um, we had about 2,000 square feet that was considered seasonal, and that changed from, you know, Christmas time. It changed to in the spring. We would change it up with all of the outdoor furniture that you can get at every Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart anywhere online there's nothing differentiating yourself from others and something's always going to be damaged it takes up a lot of space <clears throat> and um basically <clears throat> excuse me You're fine basically all this came about to get some sunglasses so we had 2008 of uh retail space available that we were probably doing probably about 300 to 350 thousand dollars a year hmm. and it was probably in the low 30 percent margin range and he basically said i've been talking to a few people and we could create a million dollar corner up here um, with the with the amount of traffic that we have coming through our store every day. And he had somebody come look at the space, and the guy was like, and I'm doing three-quarters of a million dollars, and I'm begging people to come into my store, and the traffic that y'all have every day, mm -hmm. it's no time. It's going to be through the roof. Um, so we've, we've rebranded um, that department. We're doing, uh, doing business as um, – you know, we got its own Facebook page on Instagram, um, Hagen Coastal Outfitters, and he, he he was a corporate buyer for us. Uh, he oversaw all of outdoor living and lawn and garden, which are our biggest two departments um, in our business. And when he said, if you really want the sunglasses, here's how we're going to make it work and just kind of how's it going to come about? And so he did a drawing, a layout. He's very innovative, very much a visionary. And I, when he brought it back, we're like, we used to sell kayaks way back when. They were like $199. And, man, you're wanting to bring in – I think our, our paddle boards are going up to almost $4,000 now. Um, so it's a phenomenal increase of inventory. But in the end, um, after year one – it, it was unbelievable. And um, so when we we had a chance to remodel another store and double its size, and we were we made sure that we could get the Outfitter store there. And um, we just opened the store two weeks ago, and um, that was number nine. And it's there as well. And it's just one of those niche categories that you don't find anywhere else. Um, a lot of the brands that you find – you might be able to find them online, but how many times do you want to go buy a two or three thousand dollar kayak or paddleboard without touching it, seeing it? So, right. uh, a lot of marketing has revolved around that. And as we look into the future, uh, he's now over our. He's the director of Hagen Coastal Outfitters, uh, so he he changed his role there, 
and has been wide open ever since. And his perfect plan is nothing smaller than 1,800 square feet. So if we can have more, um, honestly, it's just more sales. Um, but there, there is a tipping point, and I, I feel like anything, you know, starting to get past that 3,000 square feet would be um, probably counterproductive. Right. What kind of margins in a $4,000 uh, paddleboard? Oh, goodness. Well, the good thing about that is you're in your upper 30s, uh, so you're making good money on paddle boards and stuff like that. Um, now, a lot of times they do go on sale, and you're not making near that. But um, right. uh, when we when we opened it up the first year, um, the margin comes from sunglasses, from flip-flops, shoes, clothing. And um, I heard Dad say one time, I could care less if we ever sold another paddleboard. The amount of clothing that we're selling, sunglasses that we're selling, it makes up for the beautiful wall of uh, 9 to 12 and 13-foot paddleboards and kayaks. Um, so that was a – but the kayaks and paddleboards have really taken off. And um, this year um, – I want to say it was in middle of May last year we had sold 55 kayaks, and this year we were at 110 the same month of May. Um, <laughs> being being an essential business and people staying home and people getting out, um, social distancing and what have you, uh, getting out on the water is an easy way for them to do that. And you know, it's kind of like somebody, oh, I can find a $100 grill somewhere else, but why do I need to buy that $1,500, you know, Weber, or why would I do that? And it's all about the quality and the passion that these people have for the water. Right. Do you uh, do you go out on the water and do it too, or do you, you let your uh, store employee do that? You know, I really enjoy being on the water. Um, I have not been on a, I've been on a paddleboard once. Um, I can tell you that it is not as easy as it looks. Um, you, you will fall in your first time, so just be prepared. Um, but, but no, we, we do demos and things like that, and um, it, we basically have a try before you buy. That way you get to see all the different sizes, the different um, weight ratings and everything else that they're there for. That's awesome. Uh, any other any other niches? I know I know you have those two. Any other things, items you're selling special? You know, I would have to say that you know, going into the outdoor power world um, and grills, the, those are two of our key focus areas. We've now got Benjamin Moore in all of our stores. Um, you know, we've got. Uh, Joanna Gaines Paint and every Magnolia Home is there, so we're really uh, honing in on these key brands. And um, I would say one other thing that kind of sets us apart is we just recently created another hashtag um, that's kind of been taken off in our market. Uh, Ace Corporate even responded to something that they saw. Um, it's Hagen Ace Loves Local, and it's all about local vendors selling their products to us at wholesale, allowing us to increase their business. And um, it, it's been, and that's kind of at, at the beginning of this, we're talking about how business has been. And I think people are just striving for that local business to succeed. 
and wanting them to still be in their communities in the future. Um, it, it's very upsetting and sad to see how many businesses are closing uh, and will continue to close uh, for the years to come uh, from this setback. But to, to me, having that, it's basically like an old, um, I, I can't even think of what it's called, almost like a little um, fruit stand cart. You know, it's about four foot wide, two foot, um, uh, four foot long, two foot wide. And we've merchandised it on both sides. And we just try to fill it up with our local vendors from Northeast Florida. Um, and we'll go down to probably Orlando and we'll go up, you know, a couple hours into Georgia. But we still consider that pretty local yeah. uh, on a national scale. So there's probably a dozen products that are in there. And as things change, as we get new vendors that are local, we'll continue uh, updating those carts. Um, we had them signed. We had them wrapped. Um, and last week after Thanksgiving um, through this month, we've kind of got a big focus in our personal ads of Hagen Ace Loves Local. That's good. I like that. You ever have the vendors, like, come and, like, on a Saturday and be like, hey, bring in more of your products and, you know, stand by our little cart thing that we got, got your stuff on and do, like, a special Saturday for a certain vendor? Our our first day at the new store, um, which was, I'm sorry, that first Saturday, which was November 21st, um, we had, I'm sorry, it was last, last Saturday, um, we had a couple local vendors stop by. Um, it was my wife's birthday, and that's what she wanted to do as a small business Saturday. She wanted to set up her boutique at the store, so I set her up a tent outside, and we didn't know it was going to rain, but anyway... Um, we had um, – there's there's a peanut company called D's Nuts. There's a kettle corn company uh, out of Hilliard. And uh, basically they had – you know, they were having to wear gloves. They had their own pre-sealed cups that were already with their different flavors, and they handed them out to customers. And our cart and display was wiped out that day. So <laughs> anytime that you – and, you know, we, we really – saw the benefit years ago from doing the grill demos and things like that outside. Um, I can't wait to get back to that again. Um, we want to make sure it's safe to do so. Um, being in the community, you definitely want to make sure that you stay um, front and center, but not in a bad way. And it's unfortunately, it's not the right time to do it. But um, once we can get them back, they will be bumping around store to store and yes, anytime there's a vendor or you demo the products, absolute increase in sales, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, how many employees do you guys have? We are pushing that 300 number. Um, gotcha. We're most there. Uh, how do you how do you uh, keep the culture going across all the stores with 300 employees and spread out so far? What do you guys do yep. to focus on that? That is one of my main goals um, every year is to make sure that that's not lost. Um, I cannot remember which pinnacle conference we were at, but they talked about what is your culture, what is your vision, what is your mission, and things like this. And I looked at my dad when I got back. I said, hey, what's the culture of Hagen Ace Hardware? And he said, if you don't know that by now, we're in trouble. 
I said, <laughs> I said, think about it. We've got new people coming in every week. How do they know what we're about? And uh, he said, point well taken. And within a month, we had it drawn up. And um, we've got our vision, mission, and our values uh, laid out now for all to see. Um, one thing that I would say, I think we got this from Costello's Ace. Um, the first day of employment is not in a store. They are in an office uh, with with Bill Hagen, um, the owner, and basically he sits down for two hours with them and just explains who we are, what we are, and why we're here. And going through all that, um, one, one of the changes we're making next year is – um, we're going to be doing an updated version. I don't need to go through all of the steps, but doing that for like a one-year employee, kind of like a remotivational tool to say, hey, you've been here a year, you've been here a year and a half, it's time for us to sit back and get back to the roots, make sure you didn't forget anything that was said in that initial meeting. But that's where we do all of our onboarding, um, HR handles, Onboarding, they handle the eye. They handle everything from start to finish that normally happens in the store. Uh, used to, our new employee meetings were once a month, and every new employee that came in, and sometimes you know they had school or there was something that came up and they couldn't make it. And next thing you know, it's three months and they ha they've been working for you and have never met the owner. Right. Um, so we we've started now that every two weeks we have. We have a new employee orientation, and it's the you know every other Monday. And if Dad's not available to do it, um, I go through it, and I I think I've done three, three or four of these, and I'm actually doing another one Monday because he's out of town. So, and I guess you know I, one step back again. You know, I think that's the best part of my job these days is used to being in one store. I had 15 to 25 people. You really get to know them, uh, things like that, and it, it's great. But being in the role that I am now, I get to meet all of these people and really see, because they're the face of Hagen Ace Hardware. So it's it, it's nice being able to meet everybody and uh, somebody not feeling like, man, I've, I've never seen an owner walk around or I've never seen, I can't believe you just took a box open and stocked it. Um, right. I didn't know y'all did so uh, being in the – getting to know all of our people is pretty amazing. And you, you find some stars, uh, some shining stars in this. Um, I, I've even looked at a couple managers, and I'm like, I don't know how long they've been here, but all I can tell you is you've got something special there, and I hope that you've already realized that and you got them a plan to move forward. Because um, in a growing company, you can't grow without people. Right. Um, you probably so you probably run into you probably run into a few where like I don't know how long they've been there, but you probably should get rid of him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can just tell you that um, th those conversations with managers are never fun. But um, yes, I, th there has been some of those. Um, I, I don't ever get to that employee to say that. Yeah. Um, I praise I praise the the employees that are doing an amazing job, and I because. I feel like if I ever go in and kind of take charge in a situation like that, um, they're kind of like, do I work for a manager or do I work for you? And right. my role 
not to be their boss. My, you know, I, I work with the store manager, and that's it. I try to do all the praise when I walk in, and then me and the store manager, um, we get all the stuff done in the back whenever we have our sit-downs. Yeah, that's good. I used to uh, – well, my, my manager here at my York store, we have three stores, and uh, I would come in and blah, 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 you know, do this, do this, and then she'd come up and say, like you can't do that. It's a, it's like a drive-by, right? I've come I've come in and I've shot everything down that she she had planned for the day because they listen to me because I'm the big boss, right? She's like, you got to <laughs> stop doing that. She's like, I'm firing you off the floor. And it was, it was good of her to say that because it's like, yes, you're exactly right. You know, I've uh, come in and undercut undercut with your leadership. So <laughs> that's good that you realize that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard. It's a hard thing to learn, uh, especially for me, you know, because I went from one store to two stores. And so running the stores, just like you, you know, you're running the stores and it's just a tricky thing to learn to let go and let your people lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how would, speaking of leadership, how would you describe your leadership? What kind of leader are you? Well, you know, I, uh, that's a tricky question because I think every leader's got several different um key styles that they go for there's always a time for a different style mm-hmm. but um i would say from when, when i'm in a store i'm around others you know i would say i'm very laid back i'm very much what do you think um i i kind i try my best to listen to kind of what they're thinking needs to happen and hoping that they're coming up with a good solution um so i would say that's one side um, every manager and every employee at the different stores know their community. They know their customers better than I do because I'm there once a week and they're there five five days a week. Um, so as I go through that, I, I'm more kind of background. I check. I do the checklist. You know, I give updates. We discuss financials. Um, let them know what I expect, and basically I back up and say, you know what. Pretend this is your Ace Hardware store, and if you had all the rights to do everything you wanted to do, what would you do? All right, go do it. Um, if a customer came up upset, if you own the business, what would you do? If you had product sitting in the back room, where would you put it to sell it? Um, you know, we, we do have some directives that come out. Uh, a lot of it comes from management input. Um, but Somewhat through a uh, over here dreaming up some stuff, I kind of share that vision and then, you know, give me some more input. And it's kind of like going back to the outfitter store. We kind of said we wanted the sunglasses. We can't get them. How do we get them? And now you've got a whole new business model over here um, doing phenomenal. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, what's your expertise in the store? Are you the plumber, key cutter? Well, um, I, I wish that I had a lot more knowledge on that uh, e-crafter. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's one of our big training um, things right now is making sure that everybody is trying our best to make sure nobody's scared to go over there. Um, and I just haven't got a chance to sit down, learn the things. So if a customer stand there, I, I know who to grab when I go into a store, but um you know, plumbing, yes, is a strong suit. Uh, when I was 19 years old, 
Um, I, I left the hardware business for six months to go get hands-on training and did a plumbing apprenticeship. Uh, I used to do some electrical side work with a buddy of mine, just learning the ins and outs. You can read a lot of stuff in a book, but until you touch that hot wire, uh, <laughs> and you don't know what it feels like. So you can read about it all day. Uh, so I, I got a feeling that um, I, I would still prefer dealing with water any day over electric, electricity, but oh, yeah. I'm enough to be dangerous. But um, yep. I would probably say that uh, I love big green eggs. Um, I love grilling, stuff like that. So I, I do tend to find myself walking that way. Um, but lawn and garden, I think, is where I really learned the ability to sell. Um, wh- one of the uh, best quotes, I've, and, and this is something that we live by every day, um, when a business has problems, um, there's one thing that can fix it, and it's sales. Um, sales solve a lot of problems. When yep. you have sales increases, you don't have other expenses going up. You're more profitable. You can get into more um, niches. You can get into better inventory control. Um, so to me, when I was in lawn and garden, um, we were challenged with every person that walks through that door with a plant, and if it's colored and it's flowering, here's the product to sell them. It was, an, it was a directive about it was fertile on rooting and blooming. And it's the old Peter's blue fertilizer is basically what it looks like. But anyway, that was our goal. Every customer that walked through and we would talk to them about it and it's the highest phosphates and it's the most blooming. And we would go through our whole spill and we would have challenges. How many could we sell today? Um, That kind of really stuck with me. And I'm going back. That was probably about eight years ago. And so and when I became an assistant manager, um, that was what I oversaw. Uh, we had a 6,000 square foot lawn and garden department, and that was not plants, that was not hardware, it was just lawn and garden. But it was a decent sized hardware store just inside that 6,000 feet. So that's kind of where I got started. And so I've always had a passion of lawn and garden. Um, now, when we step outside the doors um, to the garden center, I will just tell you that I get a little bit nervous there. Um, I can grow it and kill it, but <laughs> the ins and outs of where it goes and how long it's going to last, and t- I, I get a little nervous there, but um, that, that's why we have some amazing people out there that they work their passion out there, and um, so many of our customers love it too. Do you uh, do you have any kind of incentives for your employees, like sales incentives or uh, just any kind of incentive to keep them motivated? Um, through the incentive process, we only have that for key personnel or store managers. Um, you know, we had tried this incentive a couple years ago, um, and I basically, you know, we just had a record-setting month, and we're like, oh, the incentive worked. And uh, yeah. I kind of looked down and said, well, why did you sell so much? I don't know. We just have more customers come in. And I'm like, so we really weren't – our average ticket wasn't really increasing. It was just our customer count. Was. So um, we have not found one for us that works to say, hey, here's a way to grow your business by four or five more percent than you would have the year before. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, we, we do have key incentives for store managers, and um, 
that, that's kind of where we've where we've been at. We've like I said, we've tried it. Um, I'm not knocking it. I think there's several good ones out there, but um, I think it's really got to be communicated the right way so that others can see the potential that they can make in the future. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, you know, you get some of these incentives and you're like, oh, look, we're doing so well. Well, you find out they don't, they care about it. They want that money, but it's like they haven't really done anything to push the needle to get the money. It's just, you know, customers are coming to the store and uh, right. sales, were, sales were going up anyway. So they got extra money, which is okay to take your, <laughs> treat your people okay. But like, that's, that's kind of not the point. <laughs> Oh man, um, how do you uh, how do you continue to make yourself a better leader and continue to learn more about management that kind of stuff? Are you doing anything outside of the store, or listening to any podcasts or books that you're into? Well, you know, I would sit here and say that's one of the biggest things on my list of finding the right thing to get into um, to see what's going to do that. Too many times we're just focused on the business, uh, sometimes in the business too much, and we're not focusing big picture and um, really trying to figure out where that is. So to give you an answer on what I'm personally doing to better myself on that, um, I don't necessarily have anything to give you right offhand, but um, it's a struggle for me to sit down and read. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I really struggle to do that. So I really like those short books, you know, that you can get done in about a day and a half. Um, and I, I would tell you too, that has um, uh, had a big impact on where I'm at. Um, a buddy of mine from uh, Montana had given me a book at a sto- uh, an ACE show called the dream manager. And it's totally focused on people. It's by Matthew Kelly and um, it's really sitting back on wondering why your turnover is so high. And don't get me wrong, it's a fictitious book, but it made you really sit back and think about the impact that you can have on others. And when you're in a leadership role, um, my, my personal goal every single year is not to sit here and just see how much money you can put on the bottom line. It's, you know, what can you do for others? And can you help them achieve something? Can you help them get somewhere? So the dream manager was one, and then I kind of go back to I love selling. Um, if I was not where I am today, um, I would try to be at our busiest store or an outside salesman or something, and it's called Go for No um, by Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton. But Go for No was one of those that, you know, when you start selling something or a customer walks in and says, yeah, I want to buy that big green egg. Okay, great. Well, what's next? Uh, I guess I'll take some charcoal and um, yeah, g- give me one of those convector things. I, I saw something on YouTube about those, and you walk them to the register, and you're like, hey, I just sold a thousand bucks. When in reality, you didn't sell them a thing. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I gave this book to one of uh, he's now one of our outside salesmen for B two B, and I said, listen, I want you to read this. Um, you know, it's it's going to take you 90 minutes to read it. Um, so in your free time, if you come across it, just tell me what you think. And so he, he brought it back the next day and said, I'm going to go for no. And basically it's a, if you're into, if you're a, you know, you're a salesman, you're making phone calls. 
Um, they say the goal is no. Um, the destination is yes, but no is how you get there. So you make 100 phone calls today, and 90 of them tell you no, 10 of them say yes. Well, if you could call 110 today, you just went from 10 to 11 yeses. You had a 10% increase. And so anyway, he, keep asking the question, and don't ever stop the customer from – don't ever cut the sale off. And I guess the biggest thing, one of our things that we talk about is don't look at your wallet when you're selling something. Um, what is it that other people – when somebody comes in wanting a $4,000 kayak or somebody's coming to want uh, the biggest and best grill that we have or power equipment or whatever, um, once you sell it, don't stop there. There's an add-on sales to everything. And for us is keep giving them opportunities and let them tell them that, all right, I've got everything that I need with this transaction and I'm going to go home and start cooking on that grill rather than them getting home and saying, man, I wish they had given me this or something cast iron or, and I'd right. really like some tips. So go for no and dream manager are two of the, um, two of the best ones in the past that I've been about. And of like course, that. we always have TED Talks. TED Talks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't oh, go oh. wrong with some TED Talks. Um, I, I got a couple books you, sh you you will like. You should look up the six thousand dollar egg. Okay. Sometime. And then, uh, have you ever heard of Never Split the Difference? It's about uh, negotiating. Uh, he's an FBI ne negotiator, but it's about selling, right? Uh, right. It's a little it's a little longer though, but it's really interesting on on selling things. So you should look well, those up sometime. I've made two notes down here: the six thousand dollar egg and never split the difference. Yeah, Chris Voss. I don't. I don't know who the author is. The six thousand dollar egg. You can just Google it, and you'll probably. This is just a short story, basically. Uh, but okay. pretty interesting. You should look it up sometime. Um, Thank you. For that. Yeah. Um, that's good. Do you guys? Do anything specific to train your people? Like, are you? Do you have any programs to train future leaders? Um, that's one of our goals for next year is really trying to utilize a bench program um, to find out who those top performers are that are kind of next in line for management. Um, we're going to be going through some in-depth trainings on that, whether it's just through, you know, how to interact with people or if it's how to use email, how how to use HNET, how to bulletin, you know, going through Eagle, Epicor, everything there. Um, that, that would be on our – that's on one of our um, important goals for next year is really strengthening our bench. But we do have, I would say, similar to the Passport program that ACE has, um, we've got cross-training documentation for every month out of the year. And it's taking the individuals that may be in a garden center Hey, let's just – it's just letting them know that we have PVC pipe and cutters and glue. I, I'm not asking them to, um, you know, replumb a water pump or under a sink, but at least they can say, you know, I, I'm not scared to say, yeah, we have that, and let me take you over there. Um, right. So definitely cross-training, and um, that that's one of our things next year is um, strengthening our 
average hours trained per employee. Um, we're going to be increasing that number again to um, tw north of 20 hours per person that's facing a customer this year. That's good. I, it's hard to do, right? You're like, I, we're paying these people. We want them out on the floor, but it's also you step back and it's like, okay, they sell more when they know more. And it's like, it's just a hard thing to pull that trigger and get, get people trained and be specific about it, right? And intentional about it. That's right. And it only takes one or two successes for somebody yeah. to finally get it. And I think, you know, the one that made me realize it was after reading that book, uh, Go For No. Somebody came in and got a $12 water hose and, um, you know, 25 footer. And you sit here and go, what are you going to add on sell with a water hose? And we know all the things that we can throw in there, but they're buying a $12 hose. So I asked her if she had a hose nozzle and I said, you know what? Why not? Let's just ask this question. I said, you know, you've got a hose here. Do you need something to uh, reel it up with? Bought a $12 water hose and a $50. Um, okay. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they just bought a $50 hose reel for a $12 water hose. Um, <laughs> it, if you don't ask the question, you'll never get the sale. So yeah. I, I think that's kind of another learning point uh, from my past that, you can sell stuff. You just got to ask in the right manner. That's right. You guys using any specific technology in the stores or for scheduling or anything like that that worked well for you? Um, I was really looking forward to utilizing deputy. Um, I think that's one of the biggest struggles is, you know, what times of the day are we scheduling people? We have not got there yet. Um, we kind of use some of our internal stuff for judging all that and uh, goal setting, but, you know, really on technology, um, upgrading to zebras, by the end of the year, all of our stores will have, you know, three or four zebras apiece, um, partially to help with in-store pickup, uh, bodfist, boppus, and all that. Um, that. That's one of the technologies that we've updated. Um, we've recently done a lot more to get better Wi-Fi in all of our stores for the customer shopping experience. Uh, a lot of us have metal buildings, and you don't have much service inside. So we're really trying to step that game up, um, even though that's going to allow them to shop us online versus right. in the store. Um, they don't get that personal touch once, you know, sitting at home. So um, outside of that, uh, I enjoy using um, the Eagle Manager um, app. And I guess once you start to grow, communication is key and making sure everybody's aware of something happening. And we, we've really been using or utilizing WhatsApp. Um, I would say sometimes it can be a little wild. You got somebody that gets to work at six o'clock in the morning and it's another person a day off and they've already started sending something and somebody has a late night thought at 9.30 and you see it come through. So it's got its ups and downs, but in the end, you know, that's one of our communication tools that we're using in the store. Yeah. Is there uh, any thoughts for ACE in particular for the future that they can improve in or get better at or completely change? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, you could open a can of worms, but, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for it, a, a complaining <laughs> session here. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I think everybody has fill rates on their mind. But, no, I, you know, I think with um, – 
some of the things that happened over the weekend. Um, my phone was blowing up that we didn't have Kibo working and things like that. To me, I think um, if we're going in this digital age, we are in this digital age, and I believe that if we are putting a lot of our eggs into these baskets, um, you know, IT is going to need some help, and I, I think some of that funding needs to be available to them so that you don't have those uh, those crazy mishaps. But um, I, I, I think ACE has always been a little bit behind on IT, but to me, I think that's where one of the, if you call it a wildly important goal or what have you, that would be one of the key things um, if I was there that that would be one of my key things is being IT more IT focused and not just somebody sitting in the back room dreaming something up. I think a lot of that has to be revolved around retailer input um, because you can dream anything up in a back room and think it'll sell or think it'll do, but until it's actually been done by the people that are doing it, uh, I think that's where that's where the correlation has to happen. Um, we, we've got to be uh, good from both sides. And open. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Just a little more uh, understanding what's going on in the stores, right? It's kind of what you're saying there. Like, yeah. yes, you thought you thought this up, but uh, it doesn't work the way you think it's working in the stores. Yeah, we're out of the CPP um, area as well, so I'd love to see a warehouse in Northeast Florida. If uh, anybody from corporate's listening to that, but, um, <laughs> they, they, they listen to this. I know they listen to this. <laughs> uh, don't go uh, get me in there. But um, <laughs> no, that's that's one of our big things. Is we've got so many distribution companies that are moving to Jacksonville. Um, we've just had our second Amazon plant. Um, HD Pro is just, they're growing left and right and um, really trying to get stuff for our customers in a timely manner for B2B. Uh, most of it, it's not about, you know, it's being in stock and it's being, uh, how fast can you get it to me? Yep. And um, so, heck, I'd love, to, I'd love for that to come up. I mean, we're on that six-hour version of uh, from Tampa and Loxley. So who knows? I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that are saying, well, six hours, that doesn't seem very far at all. We're 12 and 14 hours away. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I just had to throw that out. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, still, okay, you, you mentioned earlier something about golf. You had another story you were going to tell about your golf career or? Oh, um, oh. I, I guess when um, your life can change or um, career paths change, you know, I I love playing. It was a passion. It was all I did. I mean, it was, you know, morning to night. Um, so a junior in high school, I, I quit school and started getting homeschooled so that I could do schoolwork one day a week and I could golf six days, six and a half days a week. Um, just trying to get better and practice and, um, the results weren't there. And I realized at one point in my junior year of high school, um, I went, you know, I'm sitting here waking up a little bit later every day and I'm still getting my schoolwork done, but I feel like I need a job. I, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, get, get 15, $20 from mom and dad and they're paying for golf balls that I can go hit and practice. And so I, that's when I got my job at 17 um, my junior year of high school, and I, I would say that the 
way career paths can change. Um, I had a lady walk in, and I was just a warehouse guy. You know, I was the BBT crew, brooms, bathrooms, and trash cans. That's all I was allowed to do. Um, and I, I remember her coming in. She was upset. I mean, tears in her eye, had a plumbing problem. And I've been around the hardware business, so I, I knew enough to be dangerous. And I was able to help her with her product. Um, and she just lit up like the 4th of July, smiling, thank you so much, you've made my day, and I'm thinking, all I did was get you a P-trap and the stuff you needed to fix it, and it, in the end, I sat back and said, you know, I did not get the joy of playing golf, I, I, it's, I don't get that type of joy that I got when I was helping people, um, so I would say that's kind of how a career path can change from you think you want one thing, and um it, it was like overnight dreams change from I want to be Tiger Woods to I just want to be here to help people. Yeah, that's great. That's a great story. I love that. Uh, man. Uh, are you still golfing? Uh, not as much as I like to. I'd probably say I've taken up fishing a little bit more. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Bass <laughs> fishing or uh, ocean fishing? Oh, goodness. Um you know, I, I've got a um, little center console inshore boat that um, I, I like to go catch redfish and um, anything that has to do with the water. But I got a friend that's got an offshore boat. We um, we got a trip set up here in two weeks to, or actually next next weekend, if all goes well, um, here in Northeast Florida, the Wahoo are going and uh, one of those trophy fish to go after. Awesome. Those guys in South Florida and North Carolina, they're only like five miles offshore. You can still see land, and uh, we're having to go 50, 60 miles out there to get them. So um, ours good. is definitely something more there. As as somebody who has grown up in the middle of the con- country all their life, going 50, <laughs> 50 miles down to the ocean, I'm, I'm a little terrified thinking about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, any other passion outside of ACE? That you guys, um, I, that you guys get into. Well, outside of that, um, I, I would definitely say with a two-year-old and a two-year-old little girl and four-year-old boy, um, life is wide open. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I I love I love them and seeing them grow, and I think that's one of the things that ha- you really got to keep in focus that work work and. Um, life balance and it doesn't always happen uh it's hard to maintain um especially as you get more responsibility um that you know there's certain times of the year that yeah you can make it home an hour earlier and there's other times that um you leave it dark and you're back at dark and it's seven ten twelve days in a row um just recently went through that opening a new store um but it's not like we're doing that every every week of the year so um I thought like there's a good chance to get a good balance there, but anyway, that yeah, that's that's the other passion is uh, spending time with them and seeing them grow and uh, yes, definitely being able to take my son out there and see him catch a brim or bass, um, it's awesome. Seeing them light up makes it worth it. I, I love I love Ace's company. Just going to Ace shows and seeing the families and and uh, just knowing how important that is. 
for future of ACE, right? Just, you know, just look at yeah. you and your family and, uh, and how it's going to continue to grow that way. Um, it's just my family's coming up and they're going to come up and, and learn and, and us as parents got to figure out how to train them. Like, like your dad did obviously pretty well with you to come into the business and take over and not just necessarily hand it to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, what's some of your favorite ACE stores that you like visiting? Favorite ACE stores. Um, it was last, well, I'm going to, I can probably throw a couple of them out there, but, um, you know, if you're just in hardware in general, um, if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, Boulder city, you got to stop by McGuckin's hardware and just, if you want to know, I mean, I'd hate to know what their inventory turns are, but I can just tell you that if they have a peg hook for it from front to back, it's stocked. Um, they're not running out. Um, they're always available, ready for the perfect storm. But um, I, I guess to me, a stores, um, last year I was in South Dakota, um, Connect Ace Hardware. I don't know if I pronounced that right. It was a huge it was more of a lumber building center, everything from start to finish. Um, but I thought I could eat off the floor in there. Um, it was huge. Every, I bet there was 200 end caps. And I just, I felt like every single one of them was perfectly thought out with a reason. Um, but if I went to go back to a little bit with family history and things like that, um, Michael Wynn with Sunshine Ace down there has, several beautiful stores but they've got one in particular that is uh really awesome yeah what was that what was that town in south dakota you you were at rapid city rapid city okay i know exactly which one you're talking about it was on the mountain side of the state not the flat side yeah yeah and uh mcguckins they actually do buy from ace now I don't know oh, okay. all their stuff, but uh, they've been buying from Ace for a year or so. I've never been there. I go to Colorado enough. I need to put it on my list. But, but I, if, hear it's pretty, if, I hear it's nice. If that's where they're getting their fill rates from, I can just tell you that's where all the inventory is going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they buy from other places. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Yeah, that's good. Who who do you think we should interview next for this? Ooh. Um There's a bunch of amazing people at Ace Hardware, Um, a lot of families and a lot of great people out there. And I would tell you that if I had anybody out there that – and I I really got to know a lot more in the multi-store realm. Um, There's another one from – two of them from Florida, actually. Um, You could could talk to Cade Carter or um, – this is Michael Wynn's um, counterpart over operations is uh, Scott Hamblin. Those are two really good guys I've gotten to know over the years, and um, they probably do pretty good on your podcast there. That's good. Yeah, I know. I've talked to Michael about getting on here before, so maybe we'll have to get them both on here or something. Uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Um, anything else you want to add to it? What did we leave off that you want to talk about? Oh, goodness. Um I don't know about you. I am. Uh, I'm kind of ready for this year to be over, and um, <laughs> I'm kind of. I, I'm kind of pumped about giving no ground. To tell you the truth, um, sat back and 
probably about six months ago, five months ago, and thinking, my goodness, are we going to be happy with a 10 or 15% drop in sales? Um, and I tell you what, we have got an amazing leadership team at Ace Corporate. Um, and they know a great way to challenge and motivate and inspire. Um, and I can just tell you that uh, after watching some of those videos, I'm ready to give them ground. And um, I, beyond that, I'm looking for a sales increase next year. Yeah. Um, and I think we're I think we've got a great team. And um, I think if you really sit back and look at all of your departments or key categories, um, there's always room for growth. And um, I guess that's one of the things that always gets me is complacency. And sometimes you got to sit back and say, all right, it's time to get back to the grind. Um, we're we're going to find a way. And um, that that's our key driver next year is continued growth. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, those, they do a great job motivating. You know, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical about give no ground. But as we continue to get into this, continue going with this COVID thing, like, things aren't going to change anytime soon. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think we can continue to grow next year. Yep. There's always something out there to get our hands on. And, um, you know, I, I really believe you sit down and take, and it's probably one of those times, not in a hardware store, you need to sit back and go to your quiet place, go to your happy place, wherever it may be. And, um, just really start dreaming up some stuff about areas you can grow. And um, I, I think as, as long as it's presented properly, um, I think we can get everybody on board to move that route. Yep. All right. That's good. Good, good way to end. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and uh, it's almost five o'clock in Florida. So you should probably get home to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate all and then um, thank you for having me and, Best of luck in the 2021. You too. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye.